Hey, everybody. Welcome to Love People and Make Money. I'm Kelly McCauzy. I'm your host. And you're listening to episode number 100. Congratulations to my special guest today, Brandy Agerbeck. Agerbeck, you got it. Agerbeck. Yeah. Half of your name is my is my mother's maiden name. Oh, Beck. Perfect. We're in the right place. Lots of Becks around here. Awesome. Brandy, I found you through the podcast collaborative. And I'm so glad that I did. Likewise. I went over there looking for people who are rocking content marketing. I love to get people back here on my podcast just to talk about how do you reach your people? What do you do to connect with your people, get them into your funnel and and turn turn them into profit? So let's, <laughs> I love that idea. Turning them into profit. Let's, turn the humans into profit. <laughs> let's start with who is Brandy and what does Brandy do? Who are you? What do you do, lady? Thanks for asking, Kelly. Uh so I am uh I, I some I'm I'm very happy to be somebody who gets to work to my strengths and teach other humans to work to their strengths. And uh, I teach visual thinking, which means uh, getting your ideas out of your head and onto paper and work stuff out and get messy and give ourselves the space to shush that inner critic and all that good stuff. Your website is loose tooth. <laughs> dot com. I got yeah. it here. Whatever. I know. <laughs> Let's, how does that work? Where I know. Go? I wish it was a, a a more succinct story, but we'll make it we'll make it brief. Uh, basically, I chose a domain name way back in 1998, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I was 21 or 22. Didn't know exactly what I was going to be when I grew up. Um, and what I liked about loose tooth was I like the ooze of the, the, uh, the, the O's and I liked that it was a common experience that, um, we all lose our baby teeth. It's less charming once you hit middle age and you might be losing teeth again. <laughs> <laughs> True. True. And you're right. And, uh, um, so I just liked that. I liked the sound of it. I liked the, um, uh, the common experience and, I didn't know exactly what I was going to do, so I didn't want anything too specific. So the consequence of that is this question, uh, because it doesn't describe what I do. Uh, thankfully, it's been really memorable. So I remember back in the days of the late 90s, early aughts, uh, doing lots and lots of networking meetings here in Chicago. And it would be really fantastic when, one, either I would tell somebody loosetooth.com and they would actually reach up and like touch their tooth or like pretend to wiggle their tooth as like a way to remember. Yeah. Or since I've been in the same city my entire career, somebody being like, oh, you're loosetooth.com, like that stuck. Yeah. You know, maybe the last name Agarbeck doesn't stick, <laughs> but loose tooth sticks. So doesn't describe yeah. what I do, but thankfully it's memorable. Well, I like it. It's funny because, um, you know, for some reason it works. There, there, are, there are some oddball domains where I, you know, I counsel clients often to shake the edges, sketch and get a new domain name because the one that they've chosen is confusing and distracting, but you're what you do and who, and who you show up as it just works. Thank you. I'm really, really thankful to hear that because there are definitely times where I have the argument in my head about shaking the etch-a-sketch 
Mm-hmm. And I just like, you know, like this is this is who I've been for a very long time. Not sure I need to shake yeah. it. I just need to answer that question yeah. <laughs> that you just asked. Yeah. When it comes to domain names, you got Google. Like, I'm sure there have been many times early on where the guys at Google got that question, like, what the hell? Google. Totally. You know, exactly. uh, why such a weird name? And and yet now it's part of our modern vernacular and we don't question it. Exactly. Yep. Uh, anyways, so Brandy, visual thinking. Let's break it down for them. Uh, what you said about visual thinking is really good, but how is it used in a business? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great question. I think one of my personal challenges as a business person is it's not, I know, I know my content backwards and forwards, and I'm very thankful that you talk about content marketing. That is a huge love of mine. Uh, there's lots and lots and lots to teach around this skill set. The challenge is, there isn't, there doesn't feel like there's a direct line between what I want to do, like what I want to do as a business person and how do I use visual thinking? Because visual thinking can be used in about a bajillion different ways. But I think as a business person, it's a lot of, um, it's, it's one of the most basic things is it's a really good tool for reflection. Mm -hmm. You know, what was the launch I just had? How do I feel about it? What do I think about it? One of the great things about visual thinking is that it really helps you show up as a whole person in that um, I don't like to divide sort of logical versus intu- intuitive or, or logical cognitive versus emotional. We're all we're all these things at once. And when you sit down with paper and pen and you just give yourself that space to get stuff out, it's a really wonderful, welcoming medium to capture thoughts and capture feelings and capture new ideas and to kind of feel out what's working, what's not working. One of my favorite things about the physicality of drawing is that it helps us also tune into our bodies. You know, we're really good at living in our heads. You know, walk, I say for years, I walked, I tried to treat myself like a brain in a jar attached to a couple hands, right? Like, especially when we're getting so thinky about our businesses, Um, and this pulls us into our body so that we can really notice, you know, am I feeling that tension? Am I working on something? I was just doing this yesterday. I was trying to write copy for something new because I have a wonderful, um, uh, meetup with a good friend of mine today who gives the best advice. So I'm like, I want to get ready. I want to be ready for her. Let's work on this copy. And it was crunchy, crunchy, crunchy. Like I just wanted to crawl out of my skin (laughs) working on it, um, and uh, uh, so you get those those physical cues as well. Sometimes it's those goosebumps. You know, something just clicks and you feel that shiver of this is what I need to do. So reflection, fantastic tool for just like, what is it I just experienced? And on the same, the other side of that coin is where is it I want to go next? And you can have all those same things around intuition, logic, analysis, synthesis, all those absolutely fantastic factors that let us approach something and give ourselves a space to just figure stuff out. I like the tool for reflection idea. Uh, Where I related to you immediately when I looked at your website was my experience with um, watching somebody put a post, post a paper up on the wall during an event. And as the keynote speaker is talking, 
that person was expressing the message on the paper with little drawings and little little chunky words and like it's not like she was taking notes with her with a with sentences she was taking notes with visuals yeah and it was fascinating you have a word for that a couple of them yep Uh, you have a name for that yeah and it escapes me it's graphic facilitation that's right (laughs) yep sometimes people say graphic recording uh other times folks call it scribing so there's you know there's a there's a handful of different terms but it's that it's when when I go into a room and I'm doing visual thinking for the group of people, I'm there as the outside listener at that giant sheet of paper. I love how you said chunky words, like mm-hmm. distilling language is a super important part of it, that I'm listening to everyone in the room and what they're saying. And I need to pull out, you know, what needs to be captured, what needs to be made tangible on that piece of paper. And then the, the extra, extra fantastic. I'm really thankful this is work that I fell into when I was very young and it works to my strengths because I love the fact that I get to listen to folks who doesn't want to be listened to. I get to pull out, you know, these key points, distill that language. And then it's seeing where the connections are and finding the patterns. So, you know, we can see how all our different voices fit together on you know, those giant pieces of paper drawn live. Yeah. I'm fascinated by the idea of using it as a one-on-one coaching tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I'm in a coaching call with somebody, I'm taking notes, I'm doodling. Sometimes I share that with them later. Sometimes yeah. I don't. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just a mess. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think that there's anything to be taken from it. But sometimes I'm like, oh, I I feel like there's something really good here. Yeah. Um, and like I was telling in your in your recent training, I was showing you my remarkable. Yes. Um, this this was one of my little splurges last year. Um, I forget if it was my birthday gift or a Mother's Day gift. I, I'll take any excuse to give myself something. <laughs> um, but I bought it, and you know, with this, I can actually share my screen. Um to my computer. And so I could share screen on, on zoom or whatever, and people could watch me draw, but I can also send a PDF of what I just created to an email address. Really easy. That's fantastic. And just Uh, for folks who didn't see, don't know what a remarkable is. It's a digital tablet. That's super simplified. (laughs) I, I, yeah, just so so folks are like, what did she? I I yeah, context clues. Um, it is a, it is a it is a super simplified tablet that Kelly draws on and can import images into. So I love that you showed last week that um that you have some models that you use, and so it's yeah. like super easy to bring a bring a model in and then draw on top of it, and then it's so darn yeah. easy if you want to share it to send it off to the yeah that person. so. So graphic, I am using graphic facilitation in my totally. conversations because yep. I do like, <clears throat> you know, Trickster's Triangle is a, is a tool of conversation, tool of awareness. Yeah. Um, and oh gosh, I do use it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You're my peeps. <laughs> uh, you know, um, Content creators, this this is a request that I received recently, and I've I've had the request more than once. There are people out there who 
they want to visually represent their offer funnel. Basically, they want to have a drawing that says, this is where we start and this is where we go. And then we go here and then we go here. And they want visual representations of that, but they don't feel like they're artistic mm-hmm. enough. They don't think they can draw. Yep. Yep. So they want to work with somebody who can draw. <clears throat> so a graphic facilitator, that seems like another it could be great implementation of their skill. It could. It, I think w- there's a couple parts of that, of that objective of I want to share what my business model is or what my process is, and part of it is the conceptual side of I just need to be clear on what it is I'm trying to say. What my what is the shape of my process? Yeah. Is it a sequence? Is it a cycle? What are the parts of it? What are, what are the order of those parts? What are folks trying to do? Right. Yeah. So, some folks need help with the conceptual part. They just don't think spatially or they don't think in that kind of, in the sort of, they know what they do, but they are less able to step back and observe what they do and and uh, figure out what that shape is. Um, some folks are good at that. And then they're just like, I, I know how to shape this, but it looks like crud. <laughs> like it doesn't look professional enough, right? So yeah. I think sometimes you can work with folks who can help with more of the conceptual figuring it outside. Um, And I just encourage folks, even if you can't draw, just get something out and down. Um, I'm a real big fan of sticky notes because you can move stuff around really easily Um, because all of that is the really important thinking that can then be refined and made more polished later. Um, But really, you know your business better than anyone. So if you do have the skills to think about what are the pieces, what are the order of the pieces, what am I, what is the process I'm, I'm walking my clients through? Um, you can get that out and it can, it can be words and lines and arrows and that is fantastic work. And then, yeah. you know, absolutely you can hire somebody to help make it look a certain way that really follows your brand and appeals to your audience. Uh, I feel, or maybe I fear that mm-hmm. people undervalue the skill it takes to 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 be a really good graphic facilitator i i know back in the day when i still did graphic design and websites for other people um you know people would often come for a consult and say i just need you to do this (laughs) totally and and they you know I stopped doing that in 2011. So these prices are ridiculous. But I remember this one guy saying, you know, I just need you to do this. And I think it's going to take you this long. So I want to give you $500. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> my thought was, I can do it in the amount of time that you have allotted. Yeah. But $500, please. Yep. Like you're asking me to bring all my experience and creativity to the table <clears throat> and spend it on your project. Yep. Instead of my project. Yep. And so, so no, my price for that is $3,000. Yep. And you know, the, the reaction to that, I just found that the person who come, who come to me thinking with, with math, they're yeah. not my customer. Yeah. Um, but 
because the math doesn't work. But I am curious, uh, graphic facilitation. I know I asked you this on your training the other day. Yeah. Um, is, is, are they, are people being honored? Are their skills and creativity being honored? That's a great question. Paid? Right. Um, and I just, as you describe that story, you didn't say the three dreaded words, which is make it pretty. I just need yeah. you to make it pretty. Right. And you're always just like, Oh, seriously, <laughs> I'm putting my head in my hands right now. Um, yeah, that, that idea of value that, that folks really, they really do think it's a surfaced, they think it's, they think it is about making it pretty um, and have no idea the, the conceptual, like the, you know, the, the conceiving of an idea, the refining of an idea, the coming up with the right visuals for your audience. Uh, there's so much more to it. And, you know, I think you talk to any designer, um, any, any of these job titles that are about visualization, you know, that broader umbrella of we are we are helping communicate through images and words together we're all going to run into that like oh goodness like I love that pause as you were telling that story <laughs> where you're like kind of the sigh of yeah that guy mm-hmm. um and as far as as value you know it's it's interesting the the um uh I think I shared that so Kelly and I are talking about, I do a, she's referencing the session I had last week, which is a monthly Q and A I call drawing as a verb. And it's very much about process focused drawing. And um, as far as, you know, it's, I remember a bajillion years ago when I was also doing website design and somebody would ask me how much would a website cost? My, my go-to answer was how long is a piece of string? (laughs) I can't answer that. I don't know if you have a two inch piece of string or, you know, meters and meters. Um, And just I, something I, I, I believe I shared this last week in the, in the the Q and a one of the most, most, most important lessons I ever heard was actually when I was in the wings waiting to go on stage to draw a keynote speakers session. And the keynote speaker before him was talking about the, how there are two different types of buyers And please, for anyone listening, know that this is not just people working, doing design work. This is for all of us who are putting our services and skills out in the world. There are two types of buyers. There are the buyers who make their decision uh, based on, I think, as you said, math, or they're thinking on cost. How much is this going to cost me? And those are the folks who treat you like a commodity. They don't want to work with Kelly specifically. They just need the person who does that thing, right? We know those folks when when they email us or, you know corner us at a networking thing. Um, the other type of buyer are people who buy based on value and they te- treat you like a partner that you are the, it's important that I work with you because I know the value you are going to bring the skill you're going to bring the experience you're going to bring into this and how you're going to help my work shine. And the, so I think just the distinction between those two types of buyers is incredibly important. And that speaker then said, and here's the deal. You can't turn a cost-based buyer into a value-based buyer. They're just two different creatures. And as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, yeah. It's like, right. And it's true. If somebody makes their decision based on price, they're looking for the lowest price. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Right? Yeah. Uh, but if we're, if we're, so it's it's not about, so when you say our graphic facilitators valued, unfortunately, in that specific field, folks with a job title of graphic facilitator, or graphic recorder, and I'm sure this extends to a lot of different different uh, disciplines. 
Unfortunately, there are a lot of people who treat themselves as commodities. You know, they're so concerned about scarcity or landing that lead that they're ready to race to the bottom. And I, it's funny, I just had a lead come through last week where uh, I understood the position. So a new lead came in and they were, um, it's a common thing where I was going to be a subcontractor of a subcontractor to support a strategy meeting. And um, and they reached out to me and I sent my services document, which very much sets me up as a partner and shares my value. A huge part of getting, you know, getting the right kind of clients, the ones who value it, value you is how you talk about your own work. Yeah. How are you sharing your work? And so I sent that document. And in that document is my very high price tag, which is easily twice or three times what a lot of people in my field charge. And even people who have a lot of years of experience, but anyway, that's a whole other thing, the commodification of themselves. And uh, so subcontractor for subcontractor, he got that information and he came back with, so it looks like we're competing against another person. How much room is there in your rate to, you know, to, 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 um, you know, how much wiggle room is there? And I'm like, you know, I, I get this email and I've gotten this email plenty of times. And I just, um, I, I, I wish I had the right, exact wording in front of me because I felt it was very well crafted. Uh, I said, you know, given my experience and my skill, you know, I don't tend to, I don't tend to move my rate or try to, and I, and I said, if your, if your client is deciding use, if they're using price as their decision maker, I totally understand. Cause honestly, if their client is using price as their decision maker, it's not my business, right? <laughs> Either that number is going to work or not work. So under, I, so I could empathize with where my lead was coming from because they are, you know, in the middle of this whole equation, right? And this and this client is looking at other vendors. Uh, and I also know my value. And sure enough, they came back and they said, we're a go. There was no argument about price. And even then, it turned out, you know, they were like, we, they want to hire you for two of the four days of this meeting. We had our prep call yesterday, and now they want me for four days, all four okay. days of their meeting. So it's just, you know, you show up as a partner. That's it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> the tip I get from that is don't race others to the bottom. Right. That's it. That's and, it. And I, you know, some people are building a business ar around serving those people who are looking for a budget and can't, cannot, will not judge that, mm -hmm. you know, someone's got to do it. Uh, but I do invite people to be curious about, okay, well, how do I shift from appealing to them? Totally. And I think the shift doesn't, I really appreciate when you were telling your story, the, you know, he says it should cost $500 and you're like, well, I could, like, you're doing the math of like, I could do this quickly and get it out of the way and make $500, right? You know, it's not going to be the experience you want or, you know, what you can do with clients. So that's one of those ways where we're, we're kind of trying to figure out if that is the price tag, does it work or not work for us? Right. Yeah. And absolutely. There are folks who are starting out and they, they either just, you know, there are plenty of times people just literally do not have the money in the bank. That is understandable. We need to bootstrap. We need to get resourceful. There's other times where people don't really understand what you, that you do. So they don't value it because they don't understand it. Right. So I think I had a thought, let me see if I can loop back to it. This idea that, oh, that that there are different, as a business person, with your skill set and your experience, sometimes it is it has nothing to do with um, your price tag. It's more like 
what is the format I can use to teach this person? This is when we have things instead of one-on-one coaching, we have group coaching, or instead of live experiences, we have video based, you know, on demand. So, you know, my, my core course is priced the way it's priced because it is comprehensive. It's a thousand dollar course. The Agarbeck method is my foundational course for visual thinking. So that's anyone who wants to build those skills. And, you know, it's interesting. Some people think that's a whole lot of money. Some people think it's nothing, right? It, I believe people pay attention to what they pay for. And also, if I, was, if I truly base that course on the changes they will have in their life mm-hmm. and how it will change the quality of their work, and for some folks, how it'll be a more direct line from the quality of their work and what they charge, I do believe that course is worth an exponential number more than yeah. $1,000. And I'm also kind of playing with the, they're putting a whole lot of their own work in this, a whole lot of time into this, right? I put the time into building the course and making it sequential and extremely clear and well-organized. And you know what? I know that course is going to take, the the video itself is 20 hours. I think if somebody was really going to rock that course, it's hard to say. It's funny, just this morning, I got a message from uh, someone in the course. I, I believe in lifetime access. Other people don't like that business model. I believe in lifetime access. Uh, he's in Australia. So I woke up to this message saying, I'm starting the course for the fourth time. So think about the value he's getting. He wants to come back to this course for yes. a fourth freaking time, right? So like respecting the idea that I here's here is a large enough number that makes me feel good about somebody purchasing my course. I also recognize how much energy they're bringing into it. You know, so there's so many different ways we shape what the value is for ourselves as the business owner. And of course, you know, how we try our best to share what that value is for somebody we're hoping will purchase it. Yep. The Agarbeck method, you teach, you teach visual thinking. Can someone take that course and leverage it into you know, going and getting work as a graphic facilitator? Uh, They certainly could. could. They can. It'll definitely make them a stronger graphic facilitator. I do have two courses that are specific to that work, you know, the nichiest of niches. Um, One is about the role itself, the work in the room, and that's much more geared towards how do we apply these skills when it is client serving and it's live and we're part of a meeting you know, what is, you know, what is, what are all the dynamics there? And then another course, the specific on building the business as a graphic facilitator. Oh, nice. Yeah, no, it's like, it's, it's all the secret sauce. You got <laughs> to send me specific. all those links for the show sure notes. Thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, so that's nice because it is very specific to, I know this, I know what this job title is. I know what you're trying to do. I can speak specifically to that and all those years of experience and uh, for personally, a challenge for me with marketing, the Agerbeck method, the, the broader course is because it can be used so many different ways, you know, how am I helping someone understand how that course will help them? Yeah. I think at, at now I'm a content, I'm a content creator. I pr- I'm a content marketer, but I yep. creators more the, the word that fits my heart more these days. Yeah. Um, my, I noticed how I spend money mm-hmm. when I've invested in trainings for my business or coaching for personal growth. I noticed a, I noticed that there was often a, a 
really good visual involved. Mm-hmm. And that captured my imagination um, to like get curious, like how often is that true? And it's pretty much always true. And if someone, if someone just describes to me and just says words, just gives me text without formatting, it's almost like I'm listening to somebody talking in a monotone <laughs> voice and I cannot absorb it. Totally. Same. <laughs> if if they only add beautiful formatting to the text, they've already kept my attention better. But then when they add visuals that support the text, my brain gets engaged and I, yes. and I, I either get it or I don't. Right, right. Sometimes I just go, eh, it doesn't talk to me. Other yeah. times I'm just like, I'm in. Yeah. And that, that, you know, made me really think about, well, what are my visuals? Totally. What are the tools that I use with my coaching clients? And, you know, the offer funnel, um, you know, the, like I'm actually showing up a funnel shape, y'all. Those yep. of you know me. Funnel actually looks like a funnel in my world. Um, You know, I use this, this visual of how people move from free to opt in to low cost to mid cost to high cost products Yep. and the offer funnel. Like this is the first basic tool I introduced to somebody. And then I, then I have my banner message design. I have visuals for that. Um, In mindset coaching, there's visuals. Everything has a visual. Once I, once I clock in on my visual, then I know yep. how to share it. Yep, absolutely. Um, and so it sounds like you help people identify, you know, visual thinking, visually expressing an idea. Yeah. Sometimes just for yourself, but sometimes mm-hmm. for others. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, um, excuse me as you described that i was thinking about you know the i've and i'm completely the same kind of of um customer reader viewer where if it's a wall of text you've lost me and and maybe there are people who that is that is their love language like that is their frequency fine great if that is your customer fantastic um as you described that i was thinking about three different types of visuals we often see is and i think i think what you're describing is the third one First is is often, and usually we see this over and over and over again, where the person basically has a wall of text with a little bit of formatting and then them. You know, the the one one type of imagery is I'm seeing who's gonna teach me and do I connect yeah. with that person? Yeah. And for me, I get it, I understand it. And it's sort of like you've been around, you know, around the circles long enough, you get kind of worn out, like, oh, they're like that's they're sitting on a stoop or, you know, they're wearing the chunky <laughs> yep. jewelry. I love chunky jewelry. So I'm not making, you know, like <laughs> there's certain things where you're like, oh, right. I've seen that. Right. Yeah. It is important. I think, unfortunately, a lot of people, that's all they have for imagery. Yes. Yeah. The second type of imagery is um, sort of in design world, you'd call it like spot illustration or things that are more specifically illustrating somebody's before state or somebody's after state or something that helps the potential customer recognize themselves. Mm-hmm. And that tends to be like a little bit more about moments or narrative. 
I think what you're describing, and I definitely am tuned into and what really resonates with me when I'm investing in my own business and learning, is the third type, which are things that are models, context setters. Yeah. Something, is that the case? Yeah, Kelly? models, That's, very much. Right. Because I think, it, and it's it's not just that, yes, it's visual, but it it's an instant it like unlocks this door. It unlocks this understanding of this person knows their work backwards and forwards and gives you a context and teaches you in a systematic way. Yeah. And I think those of us who want to get stuff done and don't want to just like be in a program where it's, you know, people talking at each other and you know, I, I <laughs> there is, there's a lot of importance in programs around mindset um, absolutely. And we know what it's like to be in that program where it's just people who want to do something, but they're not doing it yet. Or it's people who are so stuck in mindset that so much of our time together in a program is that conversation over and over. I am absolutely the type of person where I'm ready to implement and I'm investing in this program because I want that person's knowledge on how, what to just like push out of the way. Like from their experience, they're going to tell me, don't do this, do this. Now, if you're going to do this, here's how to approach it. You know, here's the context. So I think that type of, and that's absolutely if somebody wants to work with me, you know, kind of a consulting, visual consulting side, love working with folks on the, on the, on models, on systems. Yeah. Like, okay, what is, I would say shape. I love the word shape because it's like, I'm giving some kind of container or shape to what I teach, what your experience will be, what you'll know you know, by the end of this. So that's part of the, you know, this gentleman from Australia saying, you know, I'm back for the fourth time or what I see when people are in both that course and in my community, we have this whole language around how to learn this really, really complex skill set. So all of that is context and containers and ways of talking about what we do that becomes this instant shared language, you know, mm -hmm. to see, to have folks um, so in my I, I don't, I try not to do time-based promotions. Doesn't work great for me as the person doing them. Um, I love evergreen stuff. I'm, I'm teaching a lifelong skill um, and I'm just kind of time blind, but I do a new year's promotion where if folks come into the course and the membership, um, they, we have a series of calls. There's nine modules in the course and we use the calendar. We have a kickoff call and then we talk about Module one at the end of January, February is module two, you know, we wrap up in September and those, and it just builds in like uh, deadlines and some live element for folks who are like, I'm not going to do these lessons unless it's on my calendar. And I know I'm going to have that call coming up. But what's so fantastic in those calls is we have people who are learning this for the first time. And we have a bunch of people who are like, I'm coming back for the refresher. And I know for some of the ref some of the new folks, they're listening to the refresher folks thinking they're talking a whole nother language. <laughs> it's like, it's okay. You will learn this language. This will make sense. It's all part of a system, you know, so it's so, but it, it becomes that structure that really helps us learn uh, something more thoroughly and understand, okay, here is what I'm learning and how it fits in with what I've already learned and what I'm going to learn next instead of that wall of text or the wall of words that don't have any kind of yeah. heather. <clears throat> I, um, I, I was, I broke my own rule because I say, I don't want to talk to people about what they do. I want to talk about their content marketing, but with you, I did want to talk about what you do. Yeah, that's important. I, it's, it's how we strategize and shape what we do. The, yeah. 
uh, how do you, well, so we met through the podcast collaborative. So you're actively seeking opportunities to be on podcasts to talk about what you do to win new people. Yep. And then like, how do you describe the top of your funnel? Is it, are you, are you creating much blog content? Are you, are you <laughs> active on social media? Um, I would love to, if I could clone myself, uh, you know, the, you understand the challenge of, of the, I'm designing the systems and delivering the systems and marketing the systems. Yeah. So I have, I have been uh, like uh, my web presence has been there forever. Um, the, uh, you know, when, when content marketers say the number one thing you need is consistency, I have yet in 25 <laughs> years to be consistent. Yeah. I just, I, you know, I, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, if I'm going to write a blog post, it's going to be a really solid blog post. I can't tell you if there's going to be another one next week or six months from now. <laughs> yeah. But the consistent thing I've done, which I'm very happy you attended last week, is very simply having this monthly Q&A. And I, I treat it as kind of a, a like an on-ramp. Like it's a great way yeah. if somebody sees my site and they're like, I, there's something about Brandy or there's something about learning the skill set that's important to me. And once a month, folks are invited to join me. Very importantly, very much in line with what we're talking about, I share two context setting models. So one is four reasons to draw. We've already talked about a, uh, three of them in this call. Um, and then I talk about five types of visual thinkers. Again, it's a container. It's helping somebody yeah. relate to what, you know, why these skills could be useful in their lives. And, you know, of course it ends with a, you know, here's some of the resources I have, but fundamentally it's meant to be, here's who I am. Here's how I show up. Let me give these these context setters so you can see how what I teach can help you. It's planting a seed. I love that I was listening to one of your recent uh, podcasts. I think it was was it Peg O'Neill? Was that her name? Mm -hmm. And it was it was um you said you know if you can give somebody an experience you've yeah. got them, yeah. absolutely, and 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 from month to month. You know, it's 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 meant to be a and a Last week, I think we had one that was very little Q&A, much more, um, much more, you know, the Brandy show. Uh, but it's it's flexible. So if somebody shows up with great questions or they want to share a story, there's room for that. Um, it's and I love that that with this, I've got I've got an international audience. So I get to see where all these folks are. I get to see their faces. We have I tend to. Uh, we tend to be pretty thinky people. Like I always say that my events are a smarty party. Like we're folks who are like not afraid of being know-it-alls. <laughs> it tends to be the type of people I attract that we're, we're people who, who tackle a lot of complexity. We're trying to figure out some pretty in-depth stuff. So we tend to be introverted. We tend to be, you know, very much in our heads. Also tend to be really high empaths, very, very, um, folks with high sensor, you know, um, highly sensitive or dialed up to 11 kind of folks. Uh, and that means sometimes I'm looking at a gallery full of people who are concentrating very hard or they're, you know, they're making notes and their mm -hmm. heads are down, but it's, it's always a matter of, uh, it's always a great pulse for me to see who's here, where are folks at, what are their questions uh, where they are in the world. And if nothing else, even if somebody isn't very, conversational on the call or doesn't have questions, if nothing else, they're, they're seeing other folks who are interested in what they're interested in. Yeah. But that's important. I wanted to, I wanted to, um, well, I want to encourage people who are listening to this 
to go take a look at, I'm linking to Brandy's website, um, linking to the different things that she's talked about today. Go, go take advantage of that uh, Q&A call. I, I feel like content marketers can learn a lot about, you know, from to implement graphic facilitation in some way into your business. Um, but something you did during your q and A, I had never seen anybody do it before. And it was, you, you, you pointed out to us zoom, the annotation feature. Yep. And then you asked us to interact with your slide. Yeah. And I just sat there and just said, holy shit. <laughs> like, I can't believe I've never seen it before. And I immediately know I'm going to do this like crazy. Excellent. The, you know, you put up little visuals and you had a self-identify yourself on yep. there. Like there are people who will never come off camera. There are people who will never unmute their mic and talk to you. Maybe they'll chat at you. But that was such an easy, non-scary way to interact. Totally, totally. I'm like, yes, yes to Zoom annotation. Uh, yes. Yes to showing us the power of graphics, of seeing ourselves on the screen, uh, in the seeing, seeing and finding ourselves in the ideas on the screen. I loved that. Awesome. Um, I Go ahead. The, yeah, I uh, so just to, I definitely I want to describe what it is, but honestly, I just want people to sign up for the next drawing as yeah. a verb session so they can experience yeah. it. Uh, and it's very simple; it's extremely doable, and it's important because it is. I mean, it's I, I'm you know I'm I'm walking the talk. Like this is what we this is what I teach. So even something as simple as people making marks using the annotate tool to make marks on the screen. Like I'm such a nerd for it. I'm so, I, like, I save those screenshots and I'm just, it just, it fuels me. Um, I do want to make a clarification just, and it, this could be a brandy thing with, you know, but for me, when, when you say about all the ways people can use graphic facilitation, I think it's visual thinking. I think that's the broader visual umbrella. Thinking. Just only, only that like, I want folks to understand graphic facilitation is more the way yeah. when we're using visual thinking to work with groups we're helping draw out the the the, the uh, group's ideas, so it's yeah. it, can, it can be one on one. It could be a more of a coaching scenario, but just to, to clarify the language there, that like that that's kind of the job title more for when that person is showing up drawing for the group, yeah. often at a giant sheet of paper, might be digital, um, but just generally just visual thinking. In that, the importance of visual thinking is that we are giving a context, we are giving a shape, we're showing somebody that 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 we're teaching in a systematic way. Um, and sometimes it is a, more like I'm just showing you what I look like and so you can get the vibe. And sometimes it is more kind of those more specific illustrations that are helping a, a customer or poten you know, potential client see themselves in what you do. So it's in all these different layers and all these different ways. Yeah. I, oh gosh, I can't take up any more of your time. Uh, you all definitely come back to the show notes and follow the links, go check out her training. Uh, it'll light you up. I promise you that it will. I did want to, 
I just, I always like to compliment some part of your content marketing and, and uh, very similar to Peg, Peggy O'Neill recently. Um, you, you've got this drawing as a verb monthly Q and A. It works. You keep doing it. Mm -hmm. It keeps working. You could work so much harder and come up with a new training every month. Right. And, <laughs> and, and it, you would work harder and it would be less effective. You found mm -hmm. the good on ramp. And so you're just putting it out there and putting it out there and putting it out there. It's so smart. Thank you. Like, good, good on you. Thank you. It, it, it truly came from out of all the energy I can put into putting myself out there. This was the most direct, you know, it just, it just came down to here's how I show up. I love that I teach those context setters because, because it is very much about seeing yourself. I know I, 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 I teach something very abstract. I teach something that's extremely valuable, but is not a direct line between, you know, where I am now and my bank account filling up <laughs> you know, yeah. for, for my, you know, for my, um, my, my learners. Um, but this, this became a format where it's like, you know, I got it. I got it. It yeah. works. And when you say, when I say it works, sometimes there is a direct sale within the week of that event, but often it's somebody showed up to a drawing as a verb and three months later they say, I'm ready. Or yeah. I see them at the next virtual event. Like it's yeah. just, you just have to show up. I love again, what you said in Peg's episode where you're like, if I can give people an experience, I got them. Yeah. And that's it. That's well, it. Yeah. I mean, with a, and of course it's a thousand dollars. I've, I've never made that decision at a session mm -hmm. ever. Uh, and like holding up my offer funnel thing again, people, you know, someone's came in and I'll stay on your mailing list and I'll, and I'll tap, I'll continue, I'll pay attention to what else you've got. And, you know, when and if it makes sense, I'll know that I'll know and I'll be ready to spend the higher price. Uh, people, people look at the picture of the offer funnel and they think that, that it's like that people just automatically come in and just travel straight down. Mm. That's not how it works. Like yep. almost never the 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 launch the the funnels that other people draw never look like a funnel mm -hmm. you know they're beady boop bop boo doop doo doo doop <laughs> you know um people come in through content they opt in they consume low cost stuff mid cost stuff and and then some of them come into private coaching or come to an event or do a retreat with me some yep. and uh and fortunately the the cool thing like the drawing of the funnel the picture of the funnel actually represents my cash flow because mm -hmm. this is not the bottom of the funnel where people spend large amounts of money that is not where most of my income comes from yeah it comes from low cost stuff yep it comes from mid cost stuff and so i only need a few people to come down here to feel complete. Yep. And man, listening to the podcast while I'm pointing at a board might be annoying <laughs> as hell. I'm sorry. It's man. an inverted triangle. And I love that when Kelly was describing other people's funnel, she went beep, boop, boop, and her finger was running all over the place. So it was yeah. a very, very convoluted wandering path. Yeah. And, and currently for me, my funnel is missing all the middle layers. Mm -hmm. Like I truly go from 
from this Q&A to, well, if you want a $1,000 course, and there are other things I do and I teach, but right now I'm very much like get introduced to me on the edge of the pool and then dive into the deep end of the pool. I'm actually yeah. building out some of those middle layers, but that's just to say that, that, you know, when you said I don't purchase a thousand dollar thing from that kind of format, absolutely. And I think a lot of people, they, they show up to a drawing as a verb when they know they're ready and they just have a couple questions. Yes. Like yes. it's so interesting to see, you know, cause I can track when people opt in and where and all that kind of like, not a huge amount of detail, but I kind of suss out like, Oh, this person now they're ready. Yeah. Or a brilliant thing about this format is it works extremely well for word of mouth. Like, thankfully, yes. I've been doing what I do for a very long time. People know me internationally. And this is a very friendly way of somebody says, you got to check out Brandy's stuff. Yeah. Very easy on ramp. Yes, it's a chunk of time, but we're going to have some fun. We're going to use the annotate tool and Zoom. You know, we're going to have this very friendly conversation around how we can use these tools. And yeah. by the way, we haven't said it yet. You do not need to be an artist to be a visual thinker. Right. There are so right. many of us that we think this way. We love working with our hands. We love seeing how the pieces fit together. So for anyone who is listening going, but I'm not an artist, that yeah. is absolutely not a, not a requirement yeah. at all. That My people have definitely heard me say that because I'm a awesome. doer, not a yeah. drawer. I mm -hmm. can't draw a cat to save my life, uh, even though I know what they look like. Yeah, it's fine. Brandy, thank you so much. This was great. You're so welcome. You're Such very, very a welcome. Juicy conversation. Listeners, check her out. Uh, and have a great day. Go love people and make money, y'all. <laughs>